up. Yes. Dolcignoni of the Tripping Variety. Of the Tripping Variety. I didn't quite, um, it's been much harder to listen to music this year now that I have actual, you know, people ringing me (laughs) for six of the eight hours a day. It really, really uh, messes with my flow. I find I have to remind myself, but then again, I've put like that for a few years, like, make sure you listen to those albums. I find the earlier in the week I commit to it, the better off I am with it. Um... I just had more time where I could listen to music while I was at work. Cause I, now you're in charge of For some of reason, shit. I find... Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I find podcasts are good for the car and music's good for everywhere else. Um, it's just my everywhere else time has been cut down considerably. Anyway, shall we talk some legacy and not the normal legacy that we talk about? What, Subaru legacy? Not... Not like, uh, you know, this is the ninth album of this this particular band and they're old and washed and... Well, so not the darkness then. Is <laughs> that a bit of foreshadowing? So Where are we going? Take me places. Th- this, this album suffers from... What's this album, Bezo? Legacy, Legacy by Birds. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, old mate. I'd forgotten, I'd forgotten that old mate named his album after a, uh, the name of the Subaru Liberty and all that. It's apart from Australia because the people of Legacy, the um, the War Widows charity, were upset with the Japanese car manufacturer naming their car after oh, right. the same name. So in every other country, the Subaru Liberty is the Subaru Legacy. But these days, they're all outbacks anyway, so it doesn't really make much difference. There's your random car fact for the day. Man, we used to get ended at some weird shit, eh? Anyway, Birds, a Northern Territory rapper who has uh, got your man, Daniel Rankin, aka Trials, into write some beats for him. And uh, and last week, I remember you telling me, well, at least the beats on this will be good. Yeah. And it, it, look, this isn't the only album that I, I find suffers from this. Which is not to say the beats on this are bad. No, but they're just so polished. So much that there's just nothing there. They're just dull. They're just they're written to a written to spec. They're like exactly exactly what the spec demanded and no more. Which is kind of, I mean, if you're producing an album, you'd think you'd put a bit. It just doesn't seem to be. It's like oh, you ask for some some beats. It's like he's measuring up a job to build a bit of carpentry. He's literally just delivered exactly what was required. No more, no less. As our man Ab says, it needs some dirt. This this album really needed some dirt. It needed some grimy, messy, like uh, even ugly would have been nice. But this is just so tidy. It's fuck. It's like well, it's given the content, autobiography. Given that this is a story of a of a indigenous Australian rapper with all the same, you know, you think back to that AB original album, and again, the beats on that weren't. Tremendous, you know. There was, there weren't, there wasn't as much. Fun. I mean, they were never going to be as much fun as a Funk Wars track. But no. there was like the star of the AB original album was Briggs and Trials, just chucking fucking uh, yeah, bombs everywhere. Yeah, just just bars. It was bars. Was the point of that album? It wasn't. It was never yeah. beat. But and there's some good good writing in this album. Like Aussie Aussies are pretty. This album should have the same. It's kind of aiming for the same space, isn't it? It's like well, the bars are what's going to tell the story. But 
they kind of didn't come through on either the bars or the fucking beats on this, with a couple just, of, of dramatic exceptions. Yeah, it just felt a little bit too paint by numbers. I don't know. I, I, I would, yeah, considering the, the content and the tone, I would have thought that you would put more fire into the beats and then try and match that fire with the like the lyrical flow and the lyrical yeah. content, but it was just so laid back. Like, and there was a bit too was, much kind of US R and B influence to it. It was just, it was just a bit. Yeah, it was just so fucking boring. You know, it was, and that's kind of sad because it's almost like they've played it safe because they really want this guy to be a hit. But yeah. Yep. Too safe. Far too safe. I mean, it's interesting if yeah. you look at the number of plays of the songs on the album, and they're all, like, some of them are in, are in the low 1,000s, and then you've got the one track that feels like a process track, which is the one that's bilingual and at the end of the album, and it's got a lot more punch and a lot more verve to it. You know, it, it's it's like an 80s Midnight Oil um, track, but in hip-hop form. And you think, well... Doesn't that tell you what the album should have been, rather than singing songs about, for, you know, generic fucking R and B? Yeah, <sighs> yeah. It was just, it was just a little bit sad, and I don't, I don't know where, I don't know where the, um, the sort of garage, um, home bedroom feel of Australian hip hop has disapp- disappeared into. Maybe it's just the technology is just too good, you know, to to write that style of stuff but man i miss it i mean it's cheaper to do it in your bedroom with, with a bunch of preloaded samples yeah but, but what is disappointing is that a legend of the original space is now doing it the same way and it's kind of like I, okay well the battle's been lost this is this is what australian hip-hop is now even the originators are doing it yeah fucking well. generic <laughs> off the cuff off the shelf off the rack fucking cookie cutter beats it has one of the oars replied to me last week you know we're, we're too busy being old and middle-aged and dealing with kids now to be to be writing another Oz album so you know which was you exactly go. what we said i still want it though i still reckon it'd be fucking funny you're not getting it you're not getting it from them you're gonna have to get it for the next generation i know well i i, I got told yeah i got told i'm not getting it so well at least you can put that one to bed yes yeah, it's what it's one of those things though, you know, like where you you, you you've specifically been told it's not gonna happen, but you, you still hold that little tiny bit of hope. Yeah, it's like being yeah. a anyway. Shall we p- pivot I was gonna make some terrible sexual thing. <laughs> Should we p- pivot from, you know, legacy the name to legacy in uh, nature? So at Fordo Subaru. Always by the wagon. Where are so, we going? Did the darkness come before Muse or after Muse? That was the that was the question. Darkness. I had. His and, and first album was twenty oh three. It was Permission to Land, and the darkness are what Muse always should have been. I mean, the darkness are a Muse that actually that has um, knowledge of itself. You know how important it is if you've been through anything to understand yourself and understand who you are and to be true to yourself. The darkness are Muse if Muse were true to themselves because Muse really want to be. An over-the-top, cheese-laden '80s tribute band, with yeah. with lots of know, not, knowing winks and jokes, and always prioritising the jokes over everything else, even to the detriment of songwriting. Uh, but Muse couldn't quite commit to the bit to the same level, uh, and of course, Muse yeah. are probably much more successful than The Darkness ever were. But 
Uh, uh, that, and, that's probably, and that's probably wise because Muse sort of had a little bit of we're an arena rock band uh, sort of what? in them where it was like, well, we, we, we aren't that sort of... Well, I think um, it's more that they were able to pitch their act to people who didn't get the joke. Whereas if joke, you don't yeah. get the joke with the darkness, then you dismiss them. Whereas there's more people who don't get the joke with, the, with you know, who don't understand that Muse is the darkness. Muse and think that, that, that that's actually how they are. And they, th- they think they just take it on face value. There's lots of people who thought Knights of Sidonia was, a, was you know, a serious, legitimate piece of, of musical theatre. Whereas anybody who listens to it just laughs their fucking tits off because it's the most hilarious song to have ever, ever made a, hit, a, tri- a hip- triple day Hellas 100. I mean, obviously much funnier than Pretty fu- pretty Fly for a White Guy and much funnier than Arsehole by Dennis Leary. I went back and listened to that uh, that Muse album, not the last one, the one before. What, the, the 2015 and- one that, that you loved? Yeah, that, that, that I just loved. And I still love it. I just, it is just, it is them being the most like this. It is just preposterous. Like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> just fuck well, it. Well, that's the problem, because in the, in the in the Japanese Synthwave album, they, went, they just decided, no, we're going we're gonna to stick to a theme. And the theme was terrible. And it didn't work. Yeah. Someone tried to rein them back, and no one should rein Muse back. They should just be. Well, I don't think they reined them back. I think they, they decided, let's, let's do a fucking concept album. And that's that's the problem. If you get a band, I mean, if, if the Darkness ever did a concept album, it would be shit beyond yeah. a measure. Because well, whenever the, you the, got those the, kind of terrible, overblown eighties, seventies, sixties acts, and said, "Let's do a concept album," the result was always fuck awful. Yeah. So th- this is like they, the, the the Darkness is the concept. Like trying to be yes, you know. <laughs> Like, Being a ludicrous, over-the-top parody of yeah. Queen spliced with every 80s hair metal act is exactly the bit they're yeah. aiming for. That, that is the concept. The thing is that they... That's right. You don't need to layer another concept on top no! of it. No! That would just be just... Concepts don't layer very well. You need scaffolding. You need kind of internal structure. You need some kind of latticing. It's not going to work out. But, I mean, the darkness at least have the ability to back up what they're trying to do with musical chops. Because when they do a ridiculous parody of an 80s song, like when they do Jussie's Girl, Justin Hawkins being the lead singer, but a parody of Jesse's Girl, I don't believe I'm I'm explaining the joke, I think that ruins it, but they've still got all the ridiculous 80s hair metal guitar warrior flourishes and the climbing fucking harmonies and the ridiculous helium light um, uh, soprano fucking vocals and all that. They can do all this stuff that, that, you know, if they were around in 1988, they would have been bigger than fucking Bon Jovi. But they're not. And they just happen to have been born in the wrong gen. And now they're just stuck being essentially a uh, parody throwback act. I think now they're quite happy with that. You know, yeah, I was going to say that's pro- for a brief period after their second album, they weren't happy with that, which is why they all split up and had massive drug problems. It's probably led to better longevity, though, because you can just do this infinitely. Then they're doing it on their terms. You- they understand who they are, and that's kind of what the point was. I was getting back to with, with Muse. They know exactly who they are. They know what their limitations are. They know who their audience is, and they can just kind of roll about in the, the comfortable space where they I felt like they didn't push hard enough for the joke and there was a few too many kind of unexplored soft silly 80s love songs that didn't really you know they were a bit too too close to the source material to actually work as parody so it was almost like they were essentially straight terrible cringeworthy love songs 
But this this is a pretty good yeah. darkness album. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was it was There wasn't there wasn't much to not be enjoyed in this album. It was it was all it was all fine. And even in the songs that didn't work, there were often bits that did because they'd often stitch one of the problems they have is they'll often stitch bits of songs together that don't actually work. Um Nobody can see me cry. It's a little bit like this, where they've got some sort of frantic rockabilly section, and then they've got a kind of a great soaring power ballad central central section to the song, and then they go back into this ridiculous fucking bluesy rockabilly um, verse structure. And it's like, well, these you've got two different songs there. Why have you just smashed them together? The answer is because we're the darkness, and we'll do what the fuck yeah, we want. Why not? We'll um, write a song about going home to our shitty fucking coastal town and visiting our parents and going fishing instead of going to the pub. I feel like I need to listen to this album more so I know all the the choruses and the you know and the riffs so that I can walk around the house singing ridiculous falsettos yeah. and and, and re- like I, th- I feel like that's how it should be enjoyed you know singing darkness songs to yeah. your kids and making them roll their eyes yeah and I think love it's love Jim is a good good song for that because it is literally the um the, persp- the perspective of the crewmates who kept having to watch um, James Kirk cop off with aliens and try and bone them and say, what are you doing, you fucking gross dickhead? Oh, uh, dear. Having said that, I did I did listen to um, the Wolf Mother album, Rock Out, as well. Oh, okay. What was it like? Well, well here's the thing. Yes? It rocks out. D- did we choose right? Well, it rocks out. It does exactly what it says on the tin. It is, um, for a moment there, like there's a couple of tracks where he goes off into this ridiculous kind of Kiss style, fucking Detroit Rock City. And I thought, and Andrew Stockdale just trying to do a Kiss album. I'd actually be interested to see that, but he didn't didn't do the whole thing. And I kind of wish he committed to the bit. Most of it was that kind of, um, that kind of post-Sabbath rock and roll space that he's in, but he doesn't sort of get into that kind of, um, Led Zeppelin uh, fairies and demons stuff as much as he used to like there's nothing uh, it, it is much more straightforward than it used to be um, but there was a track where he sung it was called um, Ego and it was almost it was almost self aware it was almost like he understood that he's a fucking joke and I feel like the problem is that the, th- the difference between Muse uh, sorry the, the Darkness and, and Wolf Mother is that you know that the Darkness get the joke that they're in on whereas I've never really felt like Stockdale is but maybe he is he's just much better at, at covering it up but um, it was a it was a surprisingly good album for something that was clearly thrown together in a shambolic way under lockdown uh, plenty of he- huge riffs his vocals sound a bit ropey I think he needs to stay off the weed thanks very much um, Stephen A. Smith but um, I have to admit, there were tracks on this album, you know, riffs and, and choruses that, that wormed their way into my head, even on one listen, that, that have stuck with me for the whole week. So uh, I guess I'm the victim. wonder if Dave uh, did the drumming on this one. Because he is, yeah, he's still a fucking professional, like a, a super professional drummer. Dave as in um, Resin Dogs. Dave Atkins from yeah. Resin Dogs, Dave, yeah, who has been in and out of that. Yeah, out yeah. of that lineup for a while. He has a habit of just uh, hiring and firing and getting dish pigs in mm. from the RSL fucking scallery and whatever else and whatever else he claimed in his fucking his uh, his various bits. Uh, He's an insufferable twat, but he can write a riff. Old stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was never in doubt. So, 
when I when I started listening to Glue, Glue all lowercase. I was like, oh, this 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 is like a like an old school pub rock band. But there's, there, I'm missing something. What, what, what's the what's the other? Is there a bit of punk in this? I, I can't quite nail down the sound. You know, you know who it reminded me of? It reminded me of um. There was a band we listened. We had an album from a couple of years ago called Pulled Apart by Horses. Oh yeah, yeah. Who had kind of a grunge punk pop rock feel? The same kind of like rock songs written on on a broadly pop song structure, but you know slightly grungy screamo lyrics and and big distorted grunge style riffage. Uh, and, and it's sort of that, maybe a bit of Fratelli's, um, maybe a, a, that kind of era of English alternative rock. It's um, it, it just it yeah, just it, felt a bit too frenetic to be like classic pub rock. Which yeah, was, oh, no, no, I don't think it was classic. Like it, it had a bit more rhythm to it. Yeah, my, my first reaction was this fucking rips. I really enjoyed the shit out of this album, hmm. but it, it also trying to pull out who who it belongs to and who it reminded me of was kind of. Something I couldn't, I couldn't quite grasp hold of. But um, yeah, it's just a whole lot of fucking bouncing riffs and rasping vox. Yeah. And what I really appreciated about it was that it got in, it jumped about a bit, and then it fucked off after thirty minutes. And that was, that was yeah, excellent. That's right. It was like yeah. if that had hung but, around for like forty five, it was like okay, you, you, you know. And um, the, the key at, song on the I'm album is probably "No One Gives a Fuck About Your Feelings," which I think is a very twenty twenty one sentiment. And also a I'm difficult, looking. a difficult song not to sing along to. Like, no one gives a fuck about your feelings. Anyway, I'm looking at the um, tracks now: two twenty-seven, two twenty-six, thirty-one, three hundred one, two thirty-four. Yeah. And, yeah. And then look, I, the I, next track is... in the playlist is an even song at seven minutes fifty-nine. Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it stands out like dogs' balls. Yeah. It's not. It's not an album of the year candidate, but it's uh No, no, it was. It, it I was, mean, it's a top ten album of the year candidate because it was. It was just a, a, a lot of fun, stupidity, shouting, jumping up and down. It's a, it's a good exerting album if you need to exert. Yeah. If you need, if you need to punch out half an hour in the gym or on the bike or, um, probably not in the bedroom. I don't think it's probably not a good album to do yeah, that no. too. No, no, maybe no, not. Stick to the, stick to whatever you use. For that, Barry White, Trent Reznor. Ah, uh, there maybe not Trent Reznor. There was there was an album that popped up on my uh, like because you liked <laughs> you know th- these albums. The fucking algorithm is not having a good day. <laughs> yeah, and it was like yeah, uh, it was homeopathic fucking bilge stuff. I like to listen to in the in the bedroom. I was like ah. Oh, Fucking come out and write a sex album. I fucking hate it when people try and write like a smooth R and B album instead of just like we really want to fuck and and here's some music to fuck to. Well, I was gonna say we, we haven't done the uh, Silk Sonic album yet, and I feel like that might be right in that space. Okay, well let's let's do that one then because that, that, that is that's an area I reckon is sadly underrepresented. So should we mark that down as the uh, as the Joker for the week? As the Joker. Yeah, yep, let's do yeah, that. Because it's been on my kind of list. It's like, this is a thing that we should probably get to because it's in the zeitgeist. It was particularly zeitgeisty a couple of weeks ago. But um, it, it is – it does feel like – I mean, this is um, 
Bruno Mars and Anderson Dot Park. Who, uh, who who can write? He can write a fucking good beat. That dude. He can. I'll, I'll give him but, that. But um, some of the dialogue around the album indicated that it felt like Bruno Mars was the driving force, uh, which kind of which kind of pitched it a little bit more poppy and a little bit less soulful. But I don't know whether mm, that'll okay. bear out. It'll be interesting to. I don't want to prejudge anything, but that kind of it'll be interesting to dig, to dig into. And of course, it's got. Um, it's. I was going to say it's got Muggsy Bogues on it. Doesn't have Mugsy Bogues on it. It has Booty Collins on it. Not much the same guy, <laughs> just not quite the same. Um, but yeah, that um, it's a period piece. What'll be interesting to figure out is whether they're clearly aiming for a bit for kind of a period of seventies soul. You kind of funkadelic, you know, Parliament kind of stuff. Whether it transcends beyond just being a pastiche of that into being a proper tribute to it, or whether it does kind of feel mm. a little bit like. Um, you know, I mean, we we know a bad pastiche when we hear it. Someone who's who's kind of doing the same sounds as somebody who's been good, but but isn't actually able to capture any of the feeling or the sense or the or the fucking vibe of it. So, uh, um, indeed, I agree with me. Mm. What are you going for with your new album? Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a bit of a bit of modern blues because uh, who's the the guy we did? Ah, uh, we did a blues a blues guy a, a few Ken years Cole? ago. No, that was a British dude. Um, uh, your man Gary Clark. Yeah, Gary Clark. That's who I was thinking about. And I actually really liked the earlier Gary Clark, but yeah. I thought the last one was that, a little that bit album too was was massively overblown and had too many ideas on it to be coherent, as yeah. I recall it. But he'd he'd been more on message in earlier stuff. I think we kind of had come to the conclusion of. So this is. Just outside EP range, eight songs and twenty six minutes. Uh, guy's name is Buffalo Nichols, and it's a self titled album. So let's give that a go. Sick bed blues. Another man. Sorry, it was you. Sounds very, very classical blues sort of. Track. Yes, Lost it's, it's very kind of blues content. Yeah. Could be anybody from Robert Johnson to fucking Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah, pretty much. So. Uh, like, yeah, like there was much. a heap. The blues is the blues. That's kind of what what the blues is. Yeah, I, like I I really like a a classic sort of blues a- album. Um, or, or like just you know I, I just like, like immersing those 12, myself in that. I just like those that twelve bar riff. You know, yeah. <laughs> the fucking one four five thing that does me uh, in a way that I'm I'm quite happy with. So let's give that a go because I tr- I tried a lot of new stuff this afternoon, like dipped in and out of. There was some uh, Lee Scratch Perry um, tribute stuff. There yeah, was- I find his, I find he, uh, R.I.P. But I find the, uh, the stuff that he's been involved in has been very hit and miss. But yeah, that's I absolutely. guess that's the point. Well, he's one of those guys that just threw everything at the wall and then. Um, I don't think he ever said know, no to a. Do you think he ever no. said no to a fucking side project or to a, no. a collab? Because he seems to be involved in every fucking collab that's ever been that, that was ever offered to him. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, I'm keen as for that. So uh, what do you got that is on your... I'm going to stick um, in the general area of uh, Britain, although I think, um, as I just, now that I've looked it up, this is a two-piece, experimental two-piece, one of whom is from Ireland, Dublin and one of whom is from fucking Brest in France, which is up on the fucking uh, Brittany coast. Yeah. Um, there's a band called uh, By Curious, 
and they're a fairly insane two-piece, not with a huge following, but they had a they had an interesting song last year called "I don't I don't do drugs I just sweat a lot," um, which was really cool, and they've just released an album which doesn't actually have that song on it, which is kind of annoying. But um, <laughs> let's find out whether these guys are capable of writing an album, and if not, I'll just listen to their fucking single. Sh- shall we talk about our Spotify Wrapped at all? Should we talk about the fact that apparently they stopped recording in like July? Because yeah. it, it it's very clear that none of the the thing is that you and I, because we listen to Spotify in a very sort of calendar oriented way, we can pinpoint mm. when they stop drawing data down. Yep. Especially for an album we And for me it appears to be at Zarface. Zarface is the last album that, that has really been hit, and that was fucking months ago. That was that was fucking July or June. It, it obviously and they just don't they haven't captured anything. It obviously isn't a uh, well, the other thing, right, is I listened to um, Troy Kingy album quite a bit over the Christmas break, right, a- mm-hmm. and a heap before the Christmas break. Like when you know when I was putting the top five together, it was an album that I just yeah. kept coming back to kept after the back. cutoff for last year. Yeah, so I wonder whether it's more, uh, uh, you know, August to July sort of. So did, did Troy Kingy turn up in your numbers? Yeah, like because- dominated. Dominated. Well, what's everything. interesting is none of the stuff from last year turned up in my numbers. Ah, right. It was the Datsuns, which I had obviously had a big peek around because their their album came out uh, in like I think April or something. Uh, Royal Blood were very prominent on it, which was annoying to me because I don't really like that Royal Blood album. Mm. Um, I'd like to think it was because I was listening to older Royal Blood because in order to wash out the disco shit. Uh, but it was it was dominated by albums that were first half of the year on our Tripping Wills uh, playlist. It was Warish and it was Zarface uh, and it was Andy Cooper. Like even so, in the, even in the like songs, the first round of Andy Cooper, not not the second time we did. Even the songs like uh, Point and Kill, which sort of was a slow burn in this house, and is now like the most requested yeah. song in the car with the boys. You know, put Point and Kill on, put Point and Kill on, and it absolutely should have been in the top three or four most yep. played tracks for the year uh, with, you know, Seven Nation Army was sort of the, the, the soccer song, so it got it got smashed uh, in the first half of the year. See, um, it's much easier once your kids stop being interested in your music at all and they don't want to hear it. In fact, they say, can you please turn that off? Well, it's almost like I need to create, and I can do that because I've got the family account, like create a, a second um, Spotify account that runs on the – on the Google speaker in the house because that's where yeah. the boys use all their music, right? Like, yeah, well, the, you oh, know, well, did they just yell at Google play, play this? Because there was, you know, I've got odd ones out, and what was the other one that fucking made it up? Life is fun. Uh, this is like I've never listened to that song. Where the fuck? And put it on. Oh yes, yes, I know. I have heard that song a million fucking times off Google. Yeah. What's this bizarre Minecraft parody song? Yeah, about? yeah that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, my boys have all got got their own uh, Spotify accounts, which means that uh, my algorithm is unpolluted. But also, it means that uh, our musical tastes will diverge. But then again, you know, it wasn't like I was gagging to listen to my old man's music because he he tended to, tended to listen to classical music because he gave up popular rock and roll in nineteen seventy one. Yeah. So. Ah, horror talk. Well, that was 
I quite enjoyed that week of music. That like yeah, yeah, it was, even, it, even the hip hop was like it wasn't bad music. It was just it, was, it just philosophically disappointed me. It, I, it just didn't match the fire. Yeah, I kind of I knew what I when I when I read the backstory, I was like, oh, this could be really fucking cool. And then I listened to it and it was like, well, this isn't anywhere near as ambitious yeah, a, as I would like it to be. No. And, and it's like maybe I'm putting too much on the dude to say, look, you could be, you know, you could be the fucking voice of X, Y, and Z and you've got trials with you who can do – you guys could be so much, but this is all you want to be. And then it reminded me of of that whole – this generation, like, of, of kids who are like 20-odd and their great ambition is to listen to bands like Ocean Alley who are just mediocre yacht rock. And it's kind of, oh, this is the grand total of your ambition is mediocrity and safety. And it's almost like the world is such a scary place that just being safe is enough. And I guess I sort of had hope Trials was going to be, you know, if I wasn't going to get a Funk Wars album, I was going to get these, you know, he was going to be this uber producer that just went around and, gave all these artists these amazing beats and this real fire and just sprinkled some fucking gold dust on it. Yeah, magic just and DJ like, format style. You yeah, would love to absolutely. have gone and just DJ formatted the shit out of that. Just said, here's just turned up with his crate and just said, here's some old fucking fucking riffs that are gonna work real well. But that's not how the kids want it these days. I, I don't know whether you uh saw the U- some generic Casio tone to talk over. I don't know whether you saw uh, the YouTube clip I, I um, posted from the pod account. Uh, <laughs> th- there was a one called Rapper Tag going around, right, where, y- you know, a rapper would do a freestyle and uh, tag the next, um, you know, tag the next rapper and then they would have to do a freestyle, you know, it would just bounce around. Um, and that this was sort of like this worldwide wide thing. It was just an Australian thing. But now there's a, a dad rap tag and... <laughs> <laughs> and DNO, DNO put one out and within the first three bars had referenced the Format Nabs album and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is just yep. right in my wheelhouse. Yes. <laughs> they are flying the flag for old wash fucking dip-up heads of the uh, 90s. And I sent it to Abs. I was like, man, you got to look at this. This is fantastic. This is right, right down your fucking alley. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Dad rap, gotta love it. I mean, we um, have to because we're contractually obliged. But I don't think the kids because we're doing, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Look, I, so, I like. So this afternoon, sorry, yeah. I was excited about this. This afternoon, there was a, a a bit of fun on the internet because they've been doing these versus things uh, where they get usually hip hop and R and B acts to just to you know, like who have always had a rivalry and turn up, and each would do a song. On the same stage, alternating, and generally it's been. Sometimes it's been a bit antagonistic. Sometimes it's kind of. It's actually turned into a bit of a tribute, a love-in kind of thing. But they had, um, oh fuck, who was it? Bones, Thugs, and Harmony, and they had Three Six Mafia on. And there was a there was a bit of a. I think what a Clinton Yates uh, ESPN commentator referred to it as a, a meeting of the hands committee. There was throwing of hands. There was a little bit of a little bit of uh, a to do, a little bit of fisticuffs, a little bit of how's your father, um, and it made me think that it's a shame that this versus thing with the Z is kind of limited to hip hop because there are plenty of bands I'd love to see do this versus thing as basically an excuse to go them into punching on, and I'm mostly thinking about the Gallagher brothers against each other, but 
If you had the opportunity to bring two acts together to do a versus on the internet, can you think of any any acts that you would like to see? With the prospect like, of them possibly just 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 trying to outdo each other for song for song, who've always been rivals, trying to outdo each other song for song, and if the the occasion uh, turns out right, just trying to punch each other. In well, the head. we we talked about it tonight, but Muse in the Darkness would be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> they would. The thing felt like that would just turn into like a a thirteen piece eighties um, well, rock symphony of of ridiculousness and. And basically, all the cheese within a ninety-mile radius would just automatically just sort of be magnetically attracted to the space. It would just be just it'd just be an enormous pyramid of cheese and hairspray. I'm not saying this is bad. I'm just saying this is how it how it would be. Um, <laughs> uh, like you've seen Scott Pilgrim, yeah? No, the the, the movie. Oh, like it's a movie. Uh, I don't watch movies. Uh, yeah, I could I could absolutely. It gets in see the way it. of my twelve-hour fucking <laughs> sport. uh, sports car races. Uh, I've been in front of the television since Wednesday, watching practice for fucking Bathurst races. Um, yeah, I think I think that would be one that I'd like to see. Obviously, I'd just like to see, you know, Kanye and Drake just punch each other, just because I want to see one of them get punched. Oh, who's the, who's the guy who 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 hates the shit out of Drake to the point where he does? Like Drake will do like set up some sort uh, of is it Meek Mill or something like that? I don't think it was me. It was somebody or other. But he was the one who actually, you know, Drake would say some kind of insipid Canadian diss of him, and this other guy would say, "You've got a child that you haven't acknowledged, you motherfucker," and just just drag his business down in, in a public. So this is like uh, someone's brought a nuclear warhead to a gunfight. That's not entirely fair. So that would be cool. Um, I reckon. Um, Tism versus literally anybody because they loved just ripping this shit. Friends of Rom versus literally anybody. Friends of Rom versus the Vines would have been fun. Well, like, it, Abs would be another one like that where I think he, you know. Actually, Friends of Rom versus Jackie Owen and Kyle. <laughs> that, that that happened. So, you know, we'll move on with that one. Uh, yeah, no, that would, that would be my one. Yep. I mean, Oasis versus Blur would be the obvious one, but I, I think um, – Liam versus Noel would be even funnier. I think Blur have sort of and just Jarvis Cocker can come out and be the ref. He can give it, give it the fucking let's get ready to rumble. I used to. I've said this many many times, but I used to get stoned and watch Celebrity Deathmatch, which is the best show to watch when you were <laughs> when you were stoned. Oh fuck! I have not seen that show in an extremely long time. And, and it look, was just—it was just ridiculous claymation violence, as yes, far as I recall, with some very, very good jo- jokes. So, yes, um, it was a product I'm, of its time, as were we. I'm going to send you uh, DNA's dad rap, and uh, and uh, you can enjoy that with uh, the rest of your gin. Wow! If you search for it, if you search for it in YouTube, the first thing that comes up is No Nut November. Wow, that's not really what I wanted to see. <laughs> Well, at least it's over. I hope everybody got that out yeah, of their system. Jesus Christ. Everyone's grandmother texting them saying, what's this No Nut November? Do I have to change all my recipes for the fruitcake for Christmas? Have you got an allergy, darling? Mm. Yeah, this is not something I would I would like to explain to someone, really. Well, also, it's it's not. I don't understand the point of doing it involuntarily. I mean, if you're doing No Nut November because you've got not a lot of, not a lot of choices in front of you, sure. um, that's... That's a situation that's in front of you, but I mean, like Queensland Health are very keen to tell everyone 
Um, <laughs> self-release is important and, uh, and a healthy part of um, – it's nice to see Queensland Health have their finger on the, the something or other anyway. Well, v- Vanessa follows the Queensland Health Instagram page and, and – there was like a week where it just was all. We, we all we all have our secret things. Yeah, it's all cool. Well, it was all just uh, you know sex references. Or like, well, maybe maybe the intern running the social media account is just horny. Yeah, they didn't know nothing November November, and it kind of went to their head. It went to one of their heads. All right, dude, get me out of here. All right, good times. That was the balls podcast. No, actually, it wasn't the Balls podcast. It was uh, Tripping Balls. It was the other one. This is why I don't get you to do the outros. That's <laughs> why you don't get me to do anything. I get accused of that a lot. If I do it, it gets done right. If nobody leave anybody else to do it, I get fucking up. This is why nobody ever gets to unload the dishwasher in my house. Rapid anyway, Dad is, we'll deal with is it. what it's called. Rapid Dad. <laughs> oh, Christ. It says like Rad Dad. Shouts to uh, the Dumb Dumb Club. Uh, all right, Doc. Catch you on the flip side. Cheers, folks. Sent you, Rapid Dad. Rapid Dad number two. Who did? Who did? Who did Rapid Dad number one? Oh no! Is it? Is this a response? Is this? Is this like a? Di- yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that are supposed to uh, a, a snapback for the diss track. Rapid Dad, evil Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? He appears to be doing it in his bedroom, which is a lovely touch. I think Eddie from um, uh, what was the what was the other sort of comedy hip hop band from um, Brisbane? Butterfingers. I think Evil Eddie from Butterfingers is the fir- is the rapper dad number one. <laughs> Doesn't that? I mean, we're washed, horrifically, horrifically washed. Wow. Let me see if there's any more. There's probably it's only on two. Evil Eddie's fucking it's on his thing. YouTube. Yeah, there's only two of them. So, so in in classic dad fashion, it's it's been uh, procrastinated out. <laughs> uh, all right, dude. I better go put these kids to bed. That's actually lovely. That they just got to lean into it. Got to lean into it, eh? Yeah, but they're just, they're just sort of doing it for their own entertainment to keep themselves busy. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. If you lose the ability to make creative stuff, then you're, uh, you're yeah. probably you know, then you're not going to have a great time. You're washed and you're fucked and you're not going to – everything else is going to turn out badly. Anyway, you do your parenting shit. I am going to continue. I'll talk to you later. 
All right, dude, I'll uh, upload these now. Cheers.